podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Minefield podcast from Anfield Index Pro. I am your host, Alan O'Donoghue, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host extraordinaire, Dr. Andrew Vincent. Dr. Andrew, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm excited for another episode of World Cup Ethics Ramble. (laughs) Yeah, this one should be uh, an interesting one, and we've had some uh, really good feedback from our previous ones. Um, So I think people have found it interesting to try and digest the World Cup and the ethics around it from different perspectives, which is what we wanted to do the whole way through. And today we wanted to kind of follow on from our last one where we looked at whether we'd be watching or not watching and look at some of the more prominent headlines that have come out from this World Cup in relation to the ethical side of things. So, Andrew, have you been watching the World Cup? Yes. Not quite as much as I usually would, but, you know, part of that I think is also just about like life phase and the timing of games and like a lot of them taking place during the workday. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been tuned in. Um, you know, part of your prediction from our last pod was true, which is just like, you know, once you start watching, there's going to be an extent to which some of the stuff we've been talking about just kind of fades into the background. The games are just the games. I think, you know, that's, that's partially true. Like, you know, I keep, it's also in the forefront of my mind, like everything else that's gone on and looking at the stadiums, it's like, I, the American commentary is like, especially bad. And I don't know if you like, you remember Landon Donovan for his like, brief stint in the Premier league, but like, he is one of the, <laughs> the hardest people to listen to. Okay. Maybe. Anywhere. But, um, I've actually, I've actually had to watch most of the World Cup in Spanish because I don't get the streaming service <laughs> that does the English commentary. So I've, I've dodged him for the most part, but my brother was saying that um, there was a game where he was watching Lenny Donovan was commentating and Lenny Donovan was like, wow, whoever d- designed and built these stadiums really did like a wonderful job. And it was just like, oh my God. Jesus. So, um, and he tried to backtrack. It was like, he re- like later he kind of realized, but like it's just like oh my god so um yes a lot of that does fade into the background and people forget quickly what what the background of it is but also um you know try to keep that stuff in the forefront and there's been plenty going on that's kept some of the ethical concerns on the forefront and i think there's also just a reality to me for me that like this world cup has like not been the same as the others Mm. and i you know i do think the timing aspect of it being when it is probably is having an impact as well. We were in the middle of a season. We're still in the middle of a season and there's a World Cup going on. Um, I haven't been watching. And before we came live, I was explaining to you that it has been really easy to not engage with it. I've been surprised. I honestly thought I would struggle. I did wonder would I give in uh, to... I love football and I just want to watch the football and I haven't at all. I haven't even had a, a, a thought like I, I, I have an office from my parents' house that I work out of. My dad's watching it. And even when I walk in and he's watching the match, I, I, I just, I'm not engaged in it at all. And that has been quite freeing actually. Uh, and I'm so detached from it that, I, I actually have no idea what's going on. I I heard Germany and Spain, I think, both got knocked out. That is pretty much all I've heard. And Yeah, it looks like the USA is going to win. Oh, really? Well, <laughs> I, I actually, I don't know. I, are you still in it? Did you hear that? 
No. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. See, that's that, uh, genuinely. I uh, I have no yeah. idea, and uh, I'm. No, we're out. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm not missing it at all, and uh, it's it's been nice to be able to stick to the principle of you know for me um it was an important enough process to not engage with it at all um, you know i think in retrospect you were right in what way i think there's probably something more rewarding about sticking to your principles than watching this particular world cup <laughs> and maybe any world cup yeah yeah uh, it's just, yeah, a sense of nothing, you know, uh, just a yeah. total disconnect. Not nothing. I'm, I'm living life. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm paying right. attention yeah. to, you know, I'm going kicking the ball about with my, with my kids or, you know, doing something else instead. And it's been lovely, you know, whereas normally we would be all sitting down and stuck in front of the TV watching the match. So, you know, it's, uh, it's nice from that respect. Yeah. You know, I think it's interesting, like ultimately one of the driving factors for me deciding to watch had been, um, you know, just some of my best friends, especially with this like American Thanksgiving, like everyone was in town for a couple of the USA matches and like being able to watch with them like we did when we were like 15, 16 or however old we were during like that 2006 World Cup. Um, it was just like, we may never get a chance to do this again. Yeah. You know, like that's just the reality. And like... um that part of it just means so much to me that it was like, I'm going to tune in. I did. I, you know, I enjoyed following the U S through this and like, not as much as I did when I was 15 or 16, but like I did enjoy that part. Um, and then, you know, my interest just fizzled a little bit, mm. but I think, um, you know, your comment brings up something really interesting and we had someone in the discord chat had sort of just mentioned like how there's like a net, like once you're out, like not out of the world cup, but like once you sort of disconnect from something, like it's sometimes amazing how little it matters. Yeah. Which is weird. Cause like of how much it matters when you're following it and in it and watching it. Mm -hmm. But like sport is like that because it's so unimportant and then like it matters so much, but it's all about your perspective and how engaged you are and how much you're focusing on it and following it. But like, you know, it's, it can be such a light switch of whether it actually matters to you or not. And like, it, it's weird. There's not a lot of things in life like that. There isn't. And it is interesting. And, you know, like I think we've probably discussed in the past, you know, I certainly used to be a lot more impacted by, say, Liverpool's results not going the way I hoped. Um, but I, I would have friends, you know, who still like in their 40s would be grumpy for the week. And and they justify it. You know, that they will go to work and be a pain in the ass and they'll be with their partners or their children and they'll be a pain in the ass. And it's like, well, it's okay for me to be this way because Liverpool ruined my week with the result. You know, and that's such a an interesting perspective when we take a step back and go, it's a game of football that we have no control over. Zero control over. And it can cause us, it can make us justify being a dickhead to our, our, our colleagues or our family. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy, by searching for Anfield Index. That's just crazy. Yeah. So sometimes, like, the, I think about the game of Monopoly, which is America's game of capitalism and, and dominance and pushing everyone out so you have all the money, which I believe we've shared with the world. Is that an international <laughs> Absolutely game? Absolutely. I think 
think we've got four versions of it at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there are a lot of versions. This, you know, there's a lot that you can buy and own and put other people out of. So, why limit it to one version? You can. Anyway, sometimes I think about it, and like one of my working theories on the game of Monopoly is that if you're playing with six people, ultimately you want to be the third or fourth one out, because. If you're the first or second one out, like there's still a group of people playing and they're having fun. It's sort of like, shit, I did really badly. But if you're one of the last two people in, everyone else is somewhere else having fun. The game's gone on for too long and you're probably pissed at the person you're playing again. <laughs> and it's like not worth the stress, but like it's amazing to be the second or third person out and watch this game unfold and how much those people still care. And to have been in this experience of like, I cared about this so much 15 minutes ago. And if I were one of those two people, I would still care about it a lot. But right now, like, I am so happy to be doing something else. And it's, like, amazing with, like, any sort of game. And sports are just a game, too. Like, once you disconnect from, like, this pretend set of rules that is dictating this game, like, you know, your life isn't worse. Mm. Yeah. And, I, you know, and I think maybe this is something for another part in the future around and i know we've done kind of fan behavior in the past and touched on it but you know the things that we will say and do in relation to football or sports relative to the real world is fascinating to me the behaviors and permissions we give ourselves when it comes to what we can say or what we can do are legitimized because it's sports that if we were to do it in any normal circumstance, it's like the driving a car. You know, people who get really angry in a car mm. and someone drives, cuts them in front of them and they're like, I fucking hate you, fucking, I'd kill you. And then we transport that onto the footpath and we walk past each other, nearly bump into each other. And what we actually do is, oh, excuse me, oh, a <laughs> bit yeah. of a laugh. As, yeah. But could you imagine turning around and going... Fucking get out of the fucking way, you fucking prick. I fucking hate you. Like, there's actually a, there's a rail trail, like a foot, like footpath. I don't know. I've yeah. never called it that, but I assume that's what it is. It's a footpath right behind my office, and that's how I behave out there. If someone's fucking with <laughs> me, man, I'm like, I'm getting into them. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I believe you. While you're robbing grannies. Um, that's right. But yeah, that's definitely a part I'd like to come back to, uh, and maybe yeah. we, we'll get some. Uh, maybe we'll see who else might be interested in coming and joining us for that one. There might be a few uh, anyone, listeners. Also, anyone who's still anyone who's still listening right now <laughs> to this, we've covered Monopoly. Every, I said World Cup Ethics Ramble, and I hadn't expected to emphasize Ramble so heavily immediately. There you go. But that just shows how in flow we are, Andrew, that we just go where it takes That's us. True. That's true. And I suppose returning to that, like a... I didn't notice today one of the headlines on the Athletic. I didn't read the article. Was that another migrant worker um, died while doing repairs in one of the stadiums? And I do want to ask you about the lovely uh, Gianni Infantino, um, mm. and you know the struggles that he has faced in his life. And the challenges he's faced in his life, um, and how he, it makes, it makes him feel like a migrant worker or someone who is LGBTQ plus. Um, so for those who haven't heard about those comments, Andrew, could you let us know just a snapshot of some of the things he said in relation to this? Probably one of the most tone deaf and ill informed. <laughs> Beaches. I mean, like, I won't say ever. Yeah, Muss like, Mussolini and Hitler had a couple of bad ones, but... <laughs> yeah. They knew what they were saying, though. Like, he thought, I think, that he was saying something good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, so, you know, for those who aren't aware, like, the speech we're talking about is, today I feel like a migrant worker. Today I feel like... Um, an LGBT person. I don't know how we put that, but I don't think it was that. Like today, I feel like um, I I don't know, but basically, like went through all of these um, oppressed groups who, in different ways, have been negatively affected by um, 
the World Cup and just said, you know, today I feel like each of these people and explained that he has a history of oppression having been a redheaded Italian. Um, I don't know a lot about Italy um, or the politics, but I don't know that there's any redheaded Italians being kidnapped and imprisoned for months at a time. Um, because they have red hair. So, because they have red hair, mm -hmm. right. Specifically because they have red hair. So, you know, certainly I'm po positive that that could have been hard. I'm positive that there could have been bullying, but that's a really, really different from the kinds of experiences that he's purporting to talk about there. So, um, you know, that's, that's a big one. And that's, it's just ignorance, you know, and, and maybe intentional ignorance. I don't really know. You know, I think that's, a, that's an argument that exists to, downplay experiences of people that have actually experienced depression is like, Oh, we're all just people and we've all gone through hard things. And so it's sort of this, you know, yeah, I, I get you. And like, let's just watch soccer together because it's nice to enjoy ourselves. And that's kind of been the main theme, right? Is like people need this and people need this to enjoy ourselves. So let's not worry about it too much. We've all been through some stuff like this is a way for us to connect and enjoy and learn about a new culture. Um, so that was kind of the gist of the, the speech as far as I understood it. And maybe someone watched it more closely or knows more and, you know, can fill in any gaps that um, I'm leaving there. But as far as a start to the World Cup goes, it's like, yeah, we don't give a fuck about all this stuff. Yeah, that's literally what I was about to say. The, when I heard um, or saw the headlines and, and the comments... That was what came to me. He, intentionally or unintentionally, is saying, I don't give a shit about all these complaints and you shouldn't either because football. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, and in this way, that's like, come on, stop being a pain about it. Yeah, stop complaining about it. And it, it really puts the... It problematizes the people who are speaking out as being the issue yeah. instead of all of these, you know, different structures of oppression and the way the world cup has contributed to those and um, made use of those. Mm. And it's interesting that this is coming to me. I remember um, the very first time that the Hillsborough inquiries actually uh, when, when they showed that, you know, the police were at fault um, one a group that I'm in, like a WhatsApp group that I that I'm in with friends, has a few Man United fans in there and whatever, and um, so we would always have that a little bit of banter or whatever, you know. And he hates Liverpool. I significantly did like Man Manchester United or whatever, but um, he said maybe this will now shut the Liverpool fan, the, the bleating Liverpool fans up, right? And literally everybody in the group was like, that is fucking bang out of order. Like even the other United fans were going, I do not agree with what he's just saying. This is, that was just horrendous because they could see the bigger picture. And I think it probably feeds back into what we were talking about at the very start about the fan behavior. And my response was, I hope you never take your kids to a football match and you or they don't come home 
because you just went to a football match. And in fairness to him, he turned around, he apologised. And I was like, I don't need an apology. But, you know, you have to start to look beyond the tribalism of football and see that this is about a much, much bigger thing than just football. And it's exactly what Infantino tried to do with those comments, was to diminish the actual reality of the impact of the World Cup being taking place in Qatar to just, oh, will you, can we stop this complaining and bitching and moaning now? Uh, because the real important stuff is actually starting to take place. Yep. And like, you know, one of two things is true. Like either he's never listened to the stories or really heard or really like allowed himself to f- empathize in a way where like try to relate and try to understand the experience of someone who didn't have a loved one come home because, you know, they went to work on the World Cup sites and died during the construction or, um, you know, had a loved one who was kidnapped or themselves were like taken and held by the state. And so, you know, either you've never actually explored those experiences and you haven't done the work to educate yourself about the impact that you're having on this, like, where the World Cup and what you're a part of. And, you know, that's totally possible. Or he knows about it and just chosen to ignore it and relay this other message. And neither of those are good. No, and it doesn't, it doesn't, um, set a, a positive precedent for future World Cups or future, future interactions in terms of the, the accountability, um, for countries in terms of human rights. Um, and that kind of thing going forward. So although they might say that, well, going forward now, you have to meet certain criteria. How much is that going to be taken on board? I don't know. Which actually moves us nicely into our next kind of area because like it's not. And like there's, you know, what happened like in the week before the World Cup started and the week after it started is all of these things that were promised were just changed. And so it's like, you know, from things like, okay, selling beer around or near the stadiums or just in general, like, I'm not super upset about that as a change, but just the fact that this was said, oh, this will be fine. And then it was changed or Welsh hats being confiscated or, you know, signs being confiscated that had, um, you know, pro LGBT messages or other like kinds of messages of protest, you know, things were that were said, oh, these will be fine. Expressions of this will be fine. This will be allowed. This will like, basically like it. And maybe I just, I wasn't paying a ton of attention to the policy in the lead up, but like my impression was like, Hey, we're going to allow for this discourse to take place. Like, you know, it's not how we personally do things in Qatar, but like, you know, we're going to allow for, um, like people to express themselves essentially. And then it's like right before it happens, like, no, we're not. Mm-hmm. And there was no reaction to that at all, other than being like, okay, let's keep playing. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the saddest things for me was, um, seeing the, the captains, not follow through in their commitments. And I know initially when the, the stuff came out, the talk was, well, you get an, a yellow card and a lot of people were going, just take the fucking yellow card. Do you know what I mean? Your, 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 yeah. your position is more important. But then I believe it's come out subsequently that there was unlimited restriction on fines and, and retribution from FIFA had, uh, countries actually won the, the armband. I still think they should have done it. Yeah. And I don't know if that's true or not, right? So, um, Mm -hmm. but that's what I've I've been told. Again, I I haven't been kind of paying much attention. But if that is the case, FIFA can't operate without the clubs or without the countries participating. There is no World Cup. Like if you, if they, if they were to ban England and ban Germany and ban France and ban Argentina and ban Brazil from the next World Cup, they ain't getting anywhere near as much money. They ain't getting anywhere near as much TV revenue. They ain't getting anything. But I think the 
the countries, as in the FAs in the countries, showed that they were willing to back down from a simple gesture. Um, and it's just disappointing. Mm-hmm. For sure. I think like, um, I have some empathy for, you know, the young men having to make those decisions on short notice and suddenly being in the spotlight. And like, for that to suddenly be a personal decision where you have your whole team, you, you have you have all sorts of people counting on you in, in different ways. You know, this is something that was meant to be sort of like a, a career, like a highlight of your career is being able to participate in this. And, you know, like I think in a very calculated way, this was done last minute. Mm-hmm. You know, like on the one hand, like I think there were conversations ahead of this like you know someone i'd read somewhere that like um basically this not there's always been a rule in effect of not wearing like a, approved equipment can lead to a yellow card essentially and so like you know the argument was oh well these players should have known ahead of time like to say that this is like a sudden change and someone's pulling the wool over their eyes and um you know that this is a short last minute decision like isn't fair like they knew this and for them to back out now and be like hey well we're getting this like isn't um like a fair characterization of what's really happened um but like i I think that's the captain's experience of it like you know whether there was a rule in effect or not or whether this was always sort of behind the scenes something that was going to be cracked down on like i don't think a lot of those captains knew it um so yeah, like I, I think it's a really, really difficult position to be put in. You know, I like to think or I like to hope that if I was in that position, I would have worn the armband. But also, I watched the World Cup, so I don't know. And like, um, you know, and like I, I think Klopp's argument too that like who we have expectations for and how and when is like an important thing to consider. But I also think it takes individuals being brave and stepping up and facing consequences to make change. And so, like, is it a fair thing to have put on their shoulders? Maybe not. But does that change the fact that it is on their shoulders? Like, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. And, like, I think in some ways to say, well, look, like, these guys are just there to play soccer. And, like, they should be allowed to just do that and give them a break. Starts to feel really similar to that argument we didn't like from... Infantino and get starts to feel really similar to like, okay, like quit your complaining and leave these people alone. We're just here to enjoy the game. And it's like, how do we do all those things at once? And can we do all those different things at once? And um, maybe not really. Yeah. And I absolutely take on board what you're saying. And, and I hear it. And I think, you know, like Klopp was saying about it's, it's not fair to, put that responsibility on players they're grown men and the only retribution to them could have been to get a yellow card even a red card and miss a match a football match that's it yeah um, so, and this is not about holding them accountable. This is about, well, no, it is about holding them accountable for what they said they were going to do. Mm-hmm. To show those people who are a massive part of the of footballing family that we see you we we know that you need support and we're going to give it. Yeah. And what we have to remember is we have a massive, massive, massive barrier already in men's football around the acceptance of gay footballers. So what then does this say to those players? I am not coming out or it is not safe for me to come out. Right. 
And at some point things are bigger than the football match. And like everything, like what's going to happen after this World Cup, everything will just go back to normal. If you had made that point, or I had made that point on the pitch, eventually people would have forgotten about it. Unless it made a statement. Unless it was something in relation to, you know, some of the most profound impactful statements that have occurred over the years you know the, the 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 student standing in front of the the trucks in or the the tanks in Tiananmen Square Rosa Parks getting onto the bus the the um the salute at the Olympics you know like that's the kind of stuff that does actually have a major impact and I think it was an opportunity for the captains to actually make a major impact by going, do you know what? Your bully tactics, your threatening tactics are exactly why we are going to do this and then follow through with it. Mm-hmm. And that's a much bigger statement. And there's absolutely no way in hell that FIFA would have been able to put sanctions in place for FAs, for every FA that actually stood with it. Yeah. I agree. And honestly, the more FIFA threw the book at those countries, the bigger the story gets and the more important wearing the armband would have been. Absolutely. And like the more solidarity that would have demonstrated. So yeah, I'd like, I absolutely hear and like respect that argument too. And I think that's, that's, that's true. You know, like I think, I think across all of these conversations, like, you, you know, your willingness to hold yourself accountable and hold people accountable and, like, really stick to the principles of this is, like, super admirable. And, like, I think, God, when all these changes were taking place and the armband thing happened and um, there was a moment where I was like, they just know. And, like, I felt super small. FIFA knows that I'm going to watch this no matter what. And, like, knows that the player's going to play no matter what. And, like, what becomes really disheartening is that at the end of the day, as much as I can sit here and say what Infantino is saying about just stop complaining and watch the football, like, he was right. Not in the heart of his argument, but he was his bet was correct that that's what most people are going to do. Mm-hmm. If we ignore it and we push back, it'll go away. And like, it's not being talked about nearly as much throughout the world cup and during games. It's not part of the coverage. There's not things going on. There's not, you know, there's not, there's some ongoing conversations in different ways, but not, it is not the world cup of protest or the world cup of actions or the world cup of social change that like in some ways, like the world, like the, the tension here could have created. Mm. So it's, yeah. My experience is that it's the World Cup of just getting in the way of a season. <laughs> it's just an inconvenience because it's gotten in the way of a season taking place. You know, that's yeah. the biggest impact for the average fan. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I saw someone the other day, I didn't read the article, but the headline was like, this is one of the best World Cups they've ever watched. And like, that's not my experience of it, but maybe I just haven't watched as much of it as that person or I don't understand the game as well as that person but mm. you know I, I think it's just like FIFA and Qatar bet that most people don't care enough about these issues to really do anything and they correctly placed that bet mm. and I think especially you know that's got to be acknowledged yeah and like I'll be honest with Andrew, Andrew when we were talking about what we were going to discuss there was a part of me going is it worth us even having a conversation follow on conversation about the ethics of the World Cup you know because I could imagine we may get people who might normally listen to to our podcast kind of see oh look another ethics podcaster Jesus is that not over with but it is important yeah 
Yeah, no, I, I think it's super important. I had that same thought. You know, are there going to be, is there going to be an appetite for this conversation? And maybe not. And then I, you know, I think the other thing is like, um, like, is there going to be an appetite listening to us have, have this conversation? And I, I don't know. Like, um, but it hasn't uh, stopped yeah, us. I think, it, I think, well, no. And I, I think it's a really important conversation because like, I think, you know, my, my experience of this is like, yeah, I just agree with you. Hmm. You're right. Like they should have worn the armbands. And like, as much as Klopp can say, Hey, it's not fair. Of course it's not fair. And that is so beyond the point. Like when are any of these things fair? Like no one gets asked. Yeah. Hey, is this an okay time for you to stand up for someone? That's the whole thing. It's never going to be fair. And if it's done in a way that's fair, then it doesn't make an impact. My wife's a social worker and like her master's degree was like community organizing too. And so like when we've had conversations about this, she's always like kind of been like, Andrew, you idiot. <laughs> like, of course things have to be problematic in order for them to make a difference or like, you know, it has to be sort of disruptive. It has to be complicated it can't just be like a nice conversation that creates change and i think there was some part of me that really wanted to buy into this argument of like this will really bring attention and that attention will be positive and that you know conversation and connection and like i think maybe being a therapist right like relationships create change mm -hmm. and it's not that people come into my office and i batter them and I say, you're wrong about this. You're wrong about this. And I sometimes have to talk to people and listen to people and be empathic when people are expressing opinions that are not super okay with me. And like, really like over time, it's, it's that relationship and that connection and that like unconditional positive regard for that person that creates space for us to then disagree and have a conversation. And maybe there's some change there, but like the relationship has to come first. And I think that was what part of me thought is like, let's not run away from what this is, it is like, let's have this as a spot to have this conversation and, and like have this connection and assume the best about people. And like, from there, there can be an exchange of views, which is a better shot at creating change than, like forcible protests or disengaging. And I think like at the end of the day, I sort of feel like I got, I don't want to say had because like, no, I went in with my eyes wide open, but Infantino bet correctly that I wasn't going to matter and maybe stand up for what I believe in or act based consistently with my values that the watching the football would come first. Saying that, where does that leave you? Like, does it, where does it leave you? Here. What do you mean? Within yourself. So, like, that's, that's quite a, a strong statement. And don't worry, I'm not trying to move into therapeutic session here. But no, no, no. Yeah, I'm yeah, curious, yeah. like, where, where you're, like, does it make you go, Jesus, am I, less of a man because I, you know, the football wins out over my principles or, you know, anything. Um, it didn't, Alan, until you said that. <laughs> no, I feel emasculated. No, 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 no. Um, I think it's really important to take an honest look at it. You know, I, like, I, I think, um, everything I've talked about in the lead up to this and like my thinking, I think in some ways has been in good faith, but you know, probably a little naive or massively naive maybe too. Um, yeah. And like, I don't, I think at the end of it, like it's not, it wouldn't be fair for me to sit here and say something different, <laughs> you know, like, like I, I just don't, I just don't think it would be fair for me to sit here and say something different. There's things I've thought about differently because of this. There's conversation. I mean, people who I've talked to, like, you know, the guests that we've had, who I've learned a ton from conversations that we've had that have been super helpful to me, but like, you know, this isn't the, the world cup of Andrew's personal growth. That's not the point. And the people who would have benefited from my being more in line with my values, you know, like, 
whether or not even my personal, whether it's, it's about me, like, okay, probably like there's no one in particular who would be directly affected or like would feel a lot better, maybe, but like, you know, I don't personally matter that much, but like, I think to then look at the captains and really say, you know what, they should have worn that armband. And I, and I, after your argument and like, there was a part of me that knew anyway, yeah, that's what I think. Mm-hmm. And I can't say they should have worn the armband, but I'm still going to tune it. Like mm-hmm. they would be giving up more than me. And so how can I sit here and like throw stones at them when like I couldn't even skip a football match? So, you know, like consistency is important. I don't, I don't, I don't carry like any sort of great sense of shame or embarrassment around it. Like I don't feel like I have failed as a human because of this. Like, um, but I've learned something from it. I think maybe something about myself that isn't super pretty, but like, you know, I got some time left. I'm young. I'll work on it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, it's just, you know, look, I I know I kind of threw that at you, um, but, but it is about us being responsible for ourselves. And, um, and, and, you know, when you're saying, you know, it doesn't really matter if you don't, because you don't matter and, you know, the big scheme of things, but you do. Um, so I had um, someone very close to me have a conversation about how to them it meant something that I was not watching the World Cup because they're gay. And they said that they know that in the big scheme of things that that's not important. But for them, it was important because it showed them that somebody has is with me. Someone has my back. And not that they're living in Qatar, and that, but they still experience yeah. oppression, you know, less so in Ireland, luckily enough, but it still happens. And that's not why mm-hmm. I did it, but it is why I did it as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so I think the argument that, and, and, and so many people have, have, have given it and everyone has to make their own decision, but the, but the argument that I'm just one person and it doesn't matter. That's, that is how we are kept contained by those in power. That's what happens. You know, as soon as we all start to realize that each individual, if we do stand to our principles, we may be a lone voice for a long time, but others will find us. And we've never lived in a time where it's easier to find others who will actually join our voice and then that becomes a collective and then all of a sudden a collective starts a movement and then a movement starts to influence policy and that's when things start to change so and i'm not talking directly at you andrew but i'm talking to people in general that we all need to understand that it's not about that we shouldn't diminish the little actions we have or that we put in place as being insignificant because they're not and we could move into a whole sphere of how you know energetic connections and stuff like that you know it's all important so if you go into a forest and they've discovered that if you cut the roots of a tree you know there's a whole system underground that will send signals to the other trees that one of their own has been chopped down and it's not on a, that it's a conscious thing, but it's on an energetic level. And mm-hmm. it is important. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package 
which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, magboxes, and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Rosa Parks was one person. Mm-hmm. Nelson Mandela was one person. And they started movements that made systematic change. Well, now I feel ashamed, Al. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to shame you, I swear. No, I, 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 I just, I'm just making a joke, which I, I apologize if that, like, that cuts across the, the significance of what you're saying, because it is important. And I, like, I, yeah, I, greatly admire how you've stuck to your principles here and i think it of course it matters like absolutely it matters it matters to people i'm sure it matters to people who are listening you know and i I think um my well-intentioned wrestling with this doesn't matter as much (laughs) as real action you know what i mean and i I think um yeah but maybe that's your learning so this was this was your journey that you had to go through this process of watching it so that you make different decisions in the future for you, but recognizing yeah. that you do have an impact. You are important, Andrew. Okay, <laughs> don't let anyone tell you otherwise. <laughs> really, I just wanted you to say that. That's, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, ultimately I would have rather have stuck to my principles around this if I could go back. We had a nice time watching England USA with some friends, but like I could have gotten together with those friends and had a nice time with them anyways. And honestly, like Henry was occupied elsewhere during that match. I didn't really get to watch the match anyway. <laughs> but like, um, yeah, like, uh, yeah. And I, I, I think too, like, uh, of course, like it, it matters in that, that je- like from the captains, it would have mattered. And, and there is like, you know, there's a world where, the captains all stuck with wearing the armbands and there was more protest and there was more conversation and FIFA were forced to take action. And that created like a really strong, powerful message that would have meant a lot to a lot of people. And then all of a sudden, like, I feel like this wouldn't be the world cup of shame. It's like something else that could have been really, really powerful. Mm. Like, yeah, of course I could have been part of that if I had chosen to not watch. And if everyone had chosen to not watch, then yeah, I, you know, which also kind of brings us, I think, to John Barnes. Yeah. Because there is a part of this, too, where saying, this is not my argument, but let me position the argument this way. It's not fair to go to someone else's country or be a guest in someone else's place and then to walk in with the moral high ground and spend your time there criticizing them. And like, if you're going to go be somewhere, then, you know, my sort of upshot of John Barnes's argument is, you know, it is your responsibility to respect their laws and respect their culture and to not criticize. And, you know, I think there's an important part of that point, which is like, you know, you also need to look at yourself and look at, what's going on where you come from and you know like we've talked before u.s is hosting the next world cup and i think like important reflections to be made there it's not like the world cup is suddenly going to the grand moral center of the universe although there's probably people who i live around who might argue otherwise um but that becomes an important point too so i i don't know like let me kind of just kick that back over to you like were you aware of his comments i was and what are your thoughts and uh disappointed um and the reason is well my my counter argument to to it would be yeah a friend invites me to their house 
and uh, to stay for a few days. Very nice of them, very kind. They put me up, they feed me. And um, I come into the kitchen one morning and I see them slapping the head off their 10-year-old son. Should I turn my back and walk away and pretend like I saw nothing and just say, well, it's their house, so what happens in their house is okay. Absolutely not. And essentially, that's what John Barnes is trying to get us to do. No, sorry, I won't say it's what he's trying to get us to do. It's what he's saying that that's the way things should be. And it's not the way things should be. So, every single LGBTQ person in Qatar is the equivalent of a 10-year-old child because they're so outnumbered and they're so... They're they're actually even worse off than a 10-year-old child. But that 10-year-old child in that house that I go to visit has no comeback. They have no safe space that they can go to. They can't escape the torment and that's what these people are experiencing. So no, John, we absolutely shouldn't just sit back and go, oh, it's just the laws of the country. We should accept it because we're guests in their country. Absolutely not, we shouldn't. What we should be doing is pointing out or stepping in and being proactive like anyone, any decent human being would do, would be to step in and go, that's not okay. There's got to be a different way to manage this situation where you're not beating the living daylights out of a 10-year-old child. There are other options available and I'll happily sit down with you and explore what those other options might be. And this isn't about turning around and beating the shit out of the abuser. This is about saying there's a different way for you to manage this situation. So this is not about us going to Qatar and going, you are the worst people in the world, you should be shamed. No, it's about starting the conversation to say, it doesn't have to be this way. You can manage this situation differently where the the LGBT community can feel like they have a voice and it doesn't mean that you are not the parent and taking care of the household. But what you're doing is you're showing the 10-year-old enough respect to say, absolutely, you're an individual. Let's, let's encourage that because I'm secure enough in myself to know that if you live the way you want to live, that doesn't actually have an impact on my life whatsoever. So the LGBT community are not going to turn the straight Qataris gay. It's just not going to happen. So, as the theme of the pod has gone, that was a ramble, but no. basically, John, I don't agree with you. No, I think that like that's very far from a ramble. Like, I think that's like a really important example and like an important point about just like responsibility and not turning your back on something because it's easier. And I think that's like being really honest with ourselves about am i turning my back because it's easier am i turning my back because i believe no like you have to be respectful and being respectful of your guests takes precedence over people who are being abused and tortured and oppressed and um yeah you don't get to just turn your back and hide behind an argument that like doesn't hold up. I don't think anyone's going to argue against you there. Mm. And I think, um, you know, absolutely. I do think there's an important, there's an important point about the Western world feeling very comfortable pointing out the moral issues of the Middle Eastern world that like when we spoke with some of our guests, like that was definitely something that's come up that's, you know, 
Um, and I think it's, it's important to be doing both things, but like it, you know, to say, you know, pay attention to what's going on in your house. It's not perfect. There is not a reason to ignore what's going on. Like if you see something wrong and you see something like this going on, you see people being abused, like you still have to speak up. Hmm. Like both of those things can reflect at the same time or can, can, um, take place at the same time. Hmm. Well, I don't know if it's the same in the US, but like there's a legal basis for, you know, for the responsibility um, and we will stick with the child. So every adult has a responsibility for every child. If they see a child being abused or or, or, or having to experience something like that, there is a responsibility on the adult for the to, for, for to take care of the child, and that is across the board. It's part of the UN Convention of the Rights of the Child. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. So we have a responsibility to support people and try and give them a voice and. There, there may well be, you know, racial motives out there to some of the conversations about why Qatar has been the ones that's been pointed out. But I think that at times can be used as a cover-up or a, 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 a distraction from the perspective of, well, no. I would love that, you know, the World Cup is in every continent and that everyone was able to benefit from it. Like, absolutely. But you're mistreating a whole cohort of people for something that they have no control over. Like, it is like, you know, Infantino being thrown into jail for having red hair. He can't do anything about that. That's just the way it is. So, if we believe that humans deserve to be treated with equality, and I know there'll be many arguments against me, but I'll happily have the conversations with anybody, but, well then we, we can't just sit by and, and, not not speak our truth. And it doesn't mean that we have to go and take to the streets if that's not what's right for you, but just doing the small things is important. But if any listeners are willing to go and take to the streets, you can get in touch with the likes of Outright Action International and they will help you mobilise and try and support those LGBTQ people living in countries that where they are experiencing oppression. So go and contact them and see what you can do if you are so inclined. And if you're not, that's okay too. I have no question for you, Andrew. It's just, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling like ranty today. No, no, I think you have a lot of important things to say. And like, um, you know, whether it's just the dynamic of our conversation where you know, the way I feel about this is very much like, yeah, I got this one wrong. And, um, you know, listening to you, cause these are the, the right arguments, which are the things I believe, you know, and those are the things I believe three weeks ago or four weeks ago too. So, you know, it's like, it's not a situation where I feel like I have a lot to say, or my jumping on in support of these arguments feels terribly, terribly genuine or in line with where I've been over the past three weeks. So, um, you know, just hanging out in my pool of shame, waiting. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, look, this, I didn't know where this part was going to go, but I, I'm not sitting here in my ivory tower pointing fingers at anybody. And I, and I hope listeners don't take that on board. That's not the purpose of the, 
the points I'm making. The the purpose is this was this this has been my truth, and this is what I believe, and this is what I've done. And I absolutely could have done a hell of a lot more, you know, absolutely I could have, but I haven't. So the little piece that I've done for me is what I've done, and for those around me as well, right? And if there are any listeners sitting there and they are thoroughly enjoying every single moment of this World Cup, that's okay too. We're not pointing fingers, right? We're not pointing fingers. We're just bringing this up so that we can have the conversation and that it may or it may not have an impact on anybody, but if it makes people think about the bigger picture beyond football, and it's absolutely okay if people just go, no, I just care about the football. That's absolutely fine too. That's just what we wanted to do. We wanted to bring these discussions to your ears and we hope you haven't broken your phone by throwing it at the wall in frustration <laughs> having listened to these conversations. Yeah, no, that's right. And like, I, I think I don't... My joke about my pool of shame or like even just, you know, like I my take that, you know, I think I got this one wrong. That's not by any means. I think everyone who watched has gotten this one wrong. You know, everyone's got to make up their own minds and do this their own way. That That's my experience after having watched some games and, and taken part and had these conversations and listened to people and reflected. And, um, yeah, that's certainly not meant to be like, we all fucking blew it. Yeah. Although some of us did. I think the captains did. I think, whether or not we blew it, there was an opportunity. There's been opportunities missed, and so I, I think just being honest with myself is knowing that I think I missed an opportunity to be more consistent, and, yeah, in a way that would have mattered to people. And we got to be honest. Ultimately, FIFA blew it hmm. because they're the ones who've put the players, the fans, the you know whoever else in the position of having to have these conversations or for these conversations to take place. You know, I'm going to push back on you there a little bit only because I think if we're going to say every person matters and every person's responsible, then that also implies accountability. And so, yeah, like did FIFA have, does FIFA have more accountability in this? Maybe. And probably, um, but also, you know, I, I think it's really easy. Like, it'd be nice for me to just be like, yeah, cool. FIFA fucked up and put me in this spot to begin with. But like, I, I think, um, you don't get to do that, <laughs> you know, like, yes, it's true. But also like, it's not fair for me to do that now and to, to pass it along. No, it's not, it's not about passing the blame onto them for anybody else. Um, but it's about, holding them accountable for the decisions that they made and that's important yeah yeah so Andrew thank you so much I'm not coming back <laughs> for joining me on the Mindfield podcast today do we talk about sports psychology next time I could redo that a little bit <laughs> huh? I, th I thought this was your best pod to be honest <laughs> I'm sure you enjoyed it, yeah. <laughs> um, but seriously, though, thank you so much, and I appreciate you indulging me um, in the in the conversations. And I I do apologise if I made you feel bad about yourself. <laughs> no, no, you didn't. Actually, I'm just joking, and I, I don't I don't think you need to apologise or thank anyone for indulging you. You've got important things to say, and like you know, I appreciate being able to hear them. And you know, I think, um, yeah, no, I'm glad that you were able to share those as pointedly as you were this time. Hmm. Well, I appreciate it. So we will, at the next podcast, be getting back into the sports psychology in terms of maybe looking at how we think Liverpool can start to re recalibrate and get back on track um, with players. <laughs> huh? Liver who? <laughs> <laughs> And how, you know, players coming back can have a positive impact. And, uh, yeah, we, we'll get back to LFC for the next one. Sounds good. Excellent. 
All right, listeners, thank you so much for uh, giving us your time. Hope you've uh, enjoyed it or at least got something from it. And uh, until next time, look after yourselves. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.